You are listening to a recording by Lisa Page from SoulSatisfactionForWomen.com. For further information on events, workshops, coaching, and free products, please visit www.SoulSatisfactionForWomen.com. So, here we are. Uh, Welcome to Soul Satisfaction for Women Radio. I'm Lisa Page, your host, and it's so brilliant to have you on today's show. Uh, This is a first for me in the radio show. I've invited a very, very special guest for you today. So, uh, welcome. Make sure you've got a beautiful sacred space for the next hour to really dive into this intimate conversation that we'll be sharing. Today, I'm joined by a a most uh, beautiful, wise woman and soul, Sabrina Chaw uh, from afeminandfeast.com and the topic that we're going to be exploring is what wise women know, secrets to feel deliciously sexy, profoundly empowered and truly alive and if there's any woman on the planet with the professional and personal experience, with the expertise, the training and the authentic embodiment of this work that I would love to share a conversation with, it definitely is Sabrina. So I'm incredibly excited to share this topic with you by way of conversation with her and with you when you uh, put up your hands and ask your questions uh, near the end of the call. So I want to share with you more about Sabrina in a moment. Firstly, here's how today's call will flow. So we'll start by sharing logistics so you know how to ask your questions and get the most out of the call. Some of you have joined us by dialing in and some of you are joining us via the webcast. Then uh, I'll share with you what we'll be covering today and then we'll dive into the main teachings with Sabrina and myself and after that we'll open up the lines for your questions. So firstly logistics, you've made the commitment to be here So really make sure that everything else is turned off. Your phone, doors are closed. Give yourself the gift of being fully on the call by turning off all distractions. If you've dialed in, either via Skype or telephone, to ask a question, all you need to do is press star 2 to raise your hand. And when I see your hand raised, I'll be able to unmute your line to answer your question once it comes to Q&A time. If you're listening in via the webcast, type in your question into the question box uh, and we always love to know who's on the call and where you're listening in from so feel free to type in your name and where you're dialing in from as well. We'd love to hear that. And then each time you want to add a new comment or ask a new question, just refresh your page so you have another uh, new box to enter your question or comment into. And uh, just make sure you've got a pen and a paper handy to take notes. So here's what we're going to cover on the call today. How to ditch, first of all, the curse of comparison and really love being the unique expression of the divine feminine that you're here to be because we all have a unique way of embodying the big she, however you want to call her, life, love, consciousness, the the juice and truth of who we are moves through us in unique ways. The second thing we're going to explore is wise women secrets for women over 50 from Sabrina and for women under 50 uh, with me so that you can truly step into your, your power. And when I say power, I mean that innate, authentic, intrinsic, power that moves through you when you're being authentic to yourself, um, to step fully into your sensuality and to your innate wisdom. And the third thing we're exploring is uh, powerful energy and vitality practices to help you feel really deeply nourished and sexy and connected to love every day. So first of all, let me introduce you to Sabrina, I'd like to say a little bit about her. It's such a pleasure for me to share this show with um, this beautiful friend of mine and colleague, Sabrina Chaw. She is one of the rare women in the world who I feel has truly um, 
explored and embodied the depth of what it is to be not just all of the woman she is, but the feminine soul and this beautifully integrated, uh, genuine, authentic, empowered, delicious, sensual, vital a woman. She's a very dear friend and a colleague of mine. We met a number of years ago through the work of a, a mutual teacher, David Data, who Sabrina has spent many, many, many years uh, studying with and working with. Um, and I've had the privilege of being taught by Sabrina and also working alongside her, assisting her. For 12 years plus, Sabrina has helped thousands of women discover their individual imprint as a woman, helping them to live an embodied life of vitality and radiance and transformation. And through the lucid and intricate weaving of women's spirituality and psychology, sensuality and nutrition, Sabrina has pioneered a potent path for awakening the powerful you that longs to be unleashed in the world. And she's touted by San Francisco's premier magazine, Seven Times Seven, as a woman changing the rules. And that's one of the things I love about Sabrina. Uh, she helps her clients uncover their blind spots, turn them into resources, and amp up their happiness meters to a 10. And in her work with women, she uses her long-time experience in holistic health, nutritional biochemistry, tantra, Vajrayana, Buddhism, Hatha Yoga, Ayurveda, breathwork, somatic psychology, um, and Sophia Diaz and David Data is the core of her work. So firstly, I want to wholeheartedly welcome Sabrina to the call. Mm, wow, thank you for that luscious introduction, Lisa. Oh. <laughs> well, it's so beautiful to have you on the call. Thank you so much for saying yes and for being here and sharing your wise woman secrets. Mm, certainly. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's 10 o'clock uh, in the evening, San Francisco time, and uh, just being with you on this call with your introduction and just the energy I can sense that's in this group, uh, it's I'm fully awake and mm. excited and um, just so happy to be on this call with you. Yeah, well, welcome. So um, for those of you, most of you who are on the show, uh, show uh, know me. If you're new, then you know that I'm the founder of Soul Satisfaction for Women. And uh, if you want to know more about me, you're welcome to go there. I don't need to go into a big introduction of who I am. If I were to say it in a nutshell, it would be um, that I'm a, an international speaker and writer, a sacred intimacy and relationship coach, and a women's empowerment catalyst. Sometimes it's hard to put these things into words, but that's probably the best way to describe it. And and after 14 plus years of working with, with women from around the world, I've realized what I'm most passionate about helping with women is embodiment, because we intuit that there is a different way that 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 there is more to be experienced in our life and our, or our love or our intimacy and um, a lot of women come because they feel this they have, they have this sense they have an intuition that it could be different they feel it really strongly but it's just not quite knowing how to drop it into the body and and that's where um, my passion is and that's what this show is all about is really helping women to drop into their body in a way that they can access in today's call, for example, that innate wisdom that exists within them, that sensuality and that power. So I'm really excited that you're here. And um, and, as, and I guess the first question is, as we dive in, um, for you, let me ask you about this curse of comparison. You know, is it something that that you've experienced or noticed yourself, you know, comparing yourself to someone, whether it be professionally or personally, or or is it something that you see a lot with women and and, and how do you work with it? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great question, Lisa. I um I have experienced it both personally and, and also I'm a witness to it. Um uh, mm. just 
in community and in in my practice and just in the world, I, I see it. And um, it's actually the curse of comparison that got me into the work that I'm involved with today, the work of the feminine, um, because it, this is back when in my late 30s, actually, that I started, even though I was in a, uh, I thought, a pretty good relationship and I was very successful in my career, uh, financially set, um, you know, many of the accoutrements of, of, of you know, a good life, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, what society yeah. views as a good life. Yeah. I was constantly comparing myself to other women. I, I felt I wasn't cool enough, pretty enough, smart enough. I mean, there was all these not enough demons that were just nipping at me, yeah. um, at my heels and deep in my heart. So I knew that the medicine, the, the remedy to um, to get through that and to, to transform that was to really get to know women and to and to not let comparison which caused distance between me and other women get in the way instead i would i vowed to get more intimately connected with them so that um we you know, they understood me i understood them on a very yeah. when i say intimate level i mean like heart mind body soul energy um flow, um, all these things that are the qualities of, of woman and, and human put together. And um, it's, mm. uh, it's just what, what brought me here today and on this call with well, you. Yeah. So how, for you, was there a moment in time where you, I, I guess there are two moments in time I'm, I'm thinking of, like, was there a moment in time where you realized that you were really that it was impacting you you know because I, th- I think that this this piece around comparison it's when you are constantly comparing yourself to you know other women um it's exhausting but I, I think it can be an underlying exhaustion until you actually realize that you're doing it because you know you, you walk past Rhonda down the street and you know she looks really alive and vital and you and you know you can have this god you know why don't I feel like that or you know Jane at the gym who's got you know great abs and you know so and so who seems to have this perfect relationship or someone else who you know again seems to have you know whatever we feel we're not enough of I mean was there a moment for you where you kind of woke up and went wow I'm really comparing myself and was there a moment where you noticed it had dropped away? Mm. Yeah, well, the moment I noticed I was really comparing myself, when when it just hit me so hard that this is what I was doing, that I had to do something about it, mm. was when I was comparing myself even to imaginary women. Like you were mentioning wow. examples of a woman walking down the street, she's got this great body or a woman who's just really hip or whatever, right? Yeah. Like real women I can see. Yeah. I started comparing myself. For example, uh, when my boyfriend and I invite, back then were invited to a party, I would actually not want to go because I would imagine all these beautiful, hip, cool women who were going to be there that wow. I just didn't want my boyfriend to meet. I mean, mm. that's how how insecure I was in, in, um, in my comparisons to other women. Um, wow. And that's when I knew, oh, my God, yeah. I'm really affecting not only – I'm making my world a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, I'm affecting not only my world but my boyfriend's world. I mean, he didn't know that this was yeah. going on in my mind. Yeah. Um, so that's when I said, "Ugh, I can't, I can't live this way." I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about imaginary women who don't even exist yeah. who might be at a party. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is in retrospect, but you know, I think this is the tricky thing: is so often we live so much of our life in our head, mm. right? You know, we we have this imagining. I mean, you know, I catch myself doing it. I've caught myself doing it in exactly the way that you've done it. And I've certainly caught myself doing it professionally, like just imagine, you know, she's got all of her shit completely together and I so right. haven't. Oh, and and yeah. you know what I mean? And then I hear other women say to me, 
wow, you know, you've got all of this so together, and then I'm then then you kind of, you know, you're comparing yourself to me. I'm comparing myself to her, and you've got this world of women living in their heads yes. in a reality yes. that we've created, mm. somehow completely forgetting. And you know, this is the thing for me, which um, which is so potent if we can remember it is this the innate snowflakeness of our being that that we are there's it's not possible even if I'm a twin like it's not possible for me to be a replica of even my twin I am unique even if I had a um, an identical twin there is a uniqueness and Somewhere along the line, it's like we forgot that we're meant to be unique, that we're meant to be, yeah. that yeah. we're meant to be different. Because if you're unique, you're inevitably different from the other. And right. it's like somewhere along the line, we forgot that and forgot that that was our gift, you know? Yes, beautifully said, Lisa. Mm. And And not only are we unique, but we are also also very connected to the uniqueness of other women. So in other words, in our inherent being, just our very cellular structure, we are so connected to other women and the gifts that they give us and how their uniqueness actually, actually fuels us, nourishes us, gives to us in ways that, you know, is, is, is hard to comprehend because women are so beautifully unique in their own ways. So it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of like linearly go down the list and say, oh, she's got this, she's got this, she's got this. Yeah. It's like, you know, the whole is better, um, the whole is more than the sum of its parts, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you asked, how did where did that moment come where I finally kind of ditched the, the comparison thing? Yeah. And it was actually in what you just said that when I started talking to women, like, oh, my God, I'm, so admire you, you got your act together, how do you do this, and da 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 yeah. And the more we allowed ourselves to just uh, be vulnerable with each other yeah. and really open our hearts to each other, we confessed how, wow, how, wow you know, um, actually I'm not that way, and I'm about to break up with my boyfriend, and I'm actually mm-hmm. on my last, you know, $100, and blah, 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 you know, and yeah. it, it, as you say, we whip up these fantasies because we are so in our minds about our not good enoughness. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. once we talk to each other, once we actually open our hearts to each other, and once we actually um, realize how we were actually a part of each other, that you know that we give to each other in the ways that we do, yeah. um, there there really wasn't any separation other than that of our own fears and doubts and habits yeah. right yeah That's so beautiful and it's it's when as soon as you said that one of the pivotal pieces was this connection with other women um it's so it's so essential you know I was speaking with a with a woman the other day on um around this kind of you know this piece around uniqueness and um and she had this beautiful analogy of a symphony and um and all the different women being a different note and mm-hmm. and 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 how it would be if we were all the same note <laughs> and how it is because we're all different notes and volumes of that note and tones and vibrations i mean that's what makes this exquisite symphony mm-hmm. and what I hear you talk about, because I know, because I've experienced the the women's circles that you run, there there is there is this exquisiteness when when there is a softening of that oh the front surface of our body, but that front surface of our being, and we start to let other women in and allow ourselves to be really seen as we are in all of our vulnerability and. Our uniqueness is something really exquisite about that, and that allows. It's like you know a symphony kind of gains momentum, and like with all the different notes and instruments, then there comes this beautiful 
power and strength and and that comes I think from that connection with other women as well that if you're just a single note in the world there's only so much you can do oh <laughs> there's yeah only so much music right. you can make right right <laughs> right exactly that's a beautiful beautiful metaphor and you know if you if you think about a note being a like a a, a conduit of energy right yes a certain vibration of energy, if we allow ourselves to just view ourselves as, as, these, as, as these spectrums of energy, mm-hmm. um, we can allow other women who are in a different part of, of that spectrum of energy in our life, right? For yeah. example, like if, if, if we tend to be on the mother spectrum, like we have a motherly, nurturing, nourishing energy about us, and we may feel, you know, we may feel a little distant from a woman who's more seductive or, you know, uh, yes. you know, uses those powers of temptress to, to mm. attract or whatever. We can actually feel, wow, she's on a different spectrum of the energy. What can I do to open myself to that flavor of energy? Because if I'm not opening to it, I'm just denying it in myself. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with that being an expression of myself. Therefore, yeah. I'm, I'm dissing her. So if yeah. I can allow myself to take her in and instead of the story around who she is, like, oh, she's, you know, prettier, she's darker, she's this, she's, mm. she can do that, I can't do that. Instead of the story, go into the energy. Go yeah. into what what is that note that she's providing? What is that that vibration, yeah. that energy that she's living, and actually imbibe in it. Let yourself be saturated in it in a way that serves you rather than takes away from you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think, you know, so often we put, you know, men and women, but, you know, since we're talking about women, we know we put women on a pedestal because we feel they have a, a trait or a quality we don't have and we put them in a pit <laughs> because yeah. we feel that, you know, whatever it is that they're embodying, we judge as negative or bad or shameful or whatever. Mm-hmm. And actually forgetting that we all have every trait. And, and if we're seeing it, then it means it is within us. I mean, when I have, when I always notice when a woman, if I get a compliment from a woman, I first breathe to receive it because I was never really good at receiving compliments, right? So first mm-hmm. I stop and I breathe and I receive it. And then, once I've let it land fully, I always say, you know, you're seeing something within yourself, otherwise you wouldn't see it. And you right. see, you know, her face go, oh, right. Because, right. you know, a lot of times a compliment is a form of separation. It's like, oh, you know, you're, you know, you're so diverse, but there's a part of us that, you know, why aren't I that? And yet... As soon as you wake up to, well, I wouldn't see it if it weren't within me, right. you know, for the compliments, is a, that there can be an awakening. And then for the, the things that you might be judging, it can be a golden opportunity to explore a part of ourselves that we might have judged, we might be judging as negative or bad. or um, And as soon as we lovingly bring that into the light, that part of us, there's something magical that happens. It frees up of, of vitality. I, I remember being uh, at Omega with you, and you were leading, uh, and you and you came into the practice uh, with myself and another woman, and you showed me just by your being how to be fierce, mm. right? Because mm. Fierce love was not something that I was good at. And prior to that, I probably would have disconnected from other women who were fierce, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it frightened. I didn't like receiving it. I didn't like giving it. And yet I still remember being in that triad and and really receiving this fierceness in you. Um as you embodied uh, Kali just through sound and movement. And I just remember something 
so vital waking up in me. And in fact, it's been mm. a pivotal piece in my journey up until today mm. because wow. of that openness to um, exactly what you're saying. Here's another note. And, and just allowing myself to to receive it to and to recognize, oh, I, I, I have that in myself as well. And it scares me sometimes, and it's also a source of tremendous loving power. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, Lisa, and I know we're talking about, like, women, like, under 50, over 50. It's especially mm. true, comparison's especially true as we get older. I mean, oftentimes women... As they get older, they start thinking about what they didn't do, what they haven't become, what they look like now as opposed to what they used to look like then. Mm -hmm. And um, the curse of comparison can sometimes get magnified. And, um, Hmm. you know, when we think about energy again, when we think of time as only energy, you know, when, when you read Deepak Chopra's work, it's all about that, right? The quantum physics is like time is just yep. a vibration. It's energy. Mm-hmm. Then it, there, there, there doesn't become these like increments that dictate how we should move through life. I mean, the masculine part of us, yes, does, and we need to. But yep. the feminine part of us says, wait a minute, this is just all energy. And I, and as a feminine being, is mm-hmm. all about energy, so instead of judging myself as to how I should have been, how I should be now com- compared to how I was back then, let's just take this moment as yes. a precious as a precious note. How do I want to sing? How do I want to move? How do I want to breathe this note in my body and yeah. as an expression of love in, in this mm. life? And... Mm. If we can make that sort of like our timeless intention, it's it's like age becomes irrelevant. It becomes irrelevant, and and comparison starts to drop away because again we're embracing different forms of energy as as a gift, as opposed yeah. to something that we judge ourselves with, as opposed to something we put pressure on ourselves with. It just mm. becomes sort of like the wave of the ocean that carries us through from one wave to the next and mm-hmm. it's it's it becomes timeless so mm-hmm. yeah i i love what you said that note that symphony thing is like a beautiful metaphor for many things well tell me um because you're i mean you've been working in the realms of feminine embodiment for a long time now and you're now specifically working with women over 50. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, what do you find? I mean, there's this piece around comparison. And what you really just woke me up to was it's not just about comparison to other people. It's about comparison to ourselves previously, how we how we used to be. I mean, I only took my son uh, uh, rock climbing on the weekend. <laughs> And, wow. you know, I'm quite indoor rock climbing and I'm quite sore. <laughs> and I remember thinking, hmm, I wonder if I would have been... I do, and I, the thought did cross my mind. Mm. Um, would, I have, would I have been so sore 10 years ago? Hmm, that's interesting. Comparison mm-hmm. to how fit I was 10 years ago. Do, do you know what I mean? And so oh, yes. I think oh, yes. that that comparison to how we used to be or how we perceive we should be Right. Again, all in the mind, right? Because right. we're not in the body we were ten years ago, or, or even a year ago. So, for right. you, what do you find with women over fifty tend to be the, um, the greatest challenges? Aside from this, this comparison piece, what are you f- are finding? What did you find for yourself? Because I think. You know, one of I think it's really important when we hear the stories of, you know, the struggles, the trials, and the tribulations um, from women who have been there, whether it's a year before us or ten years before us. There's something really potent in hearing those stories that we don't get to hear so much. You know, sitting around the mm-hmm. campfire. Do you know what I mean? Mhm, mhm. Yeah. I, I... You know, 
Well, one of the things that I, I find a lot of women over 50, one of the biggest challenges they have is that of letting go of the past. Um, you know, we, we talked about, like, comparison as to how we were, when we were younger. Mm. Now our faces have a few more lines in it, or yeah. our hair is getting gray, or our waistline is getting bigger, or, you know, our sexuality, is libido is not as strong, or whatever. Mm. And um, the the letting go of that is, is, is the hardest thing that I find women... Uh, face right. and the remedy to, to letting go is first of all allowing yourself to grieve I mean mm. you know because you don't want to just say well, I'm letting it go move on <laughs> yeah an exercise right yeah that's right <laughs> so about killing it and right. being free of it <laughs> right it's yeah. really a grieving and, and yeah. a, a loss of whatever it is that you know we feel we have to let go of mm-hmm. and what arises and then you know that takes time you know that's not a forced exercise it really it really is a matter of letting us go through the layers and just you know layer after layer after layer of just letting go of the identities of the the uh, the attachments you know the uh, the unrequited dreams or whatever it is and what that meant to us, and let it go, and let ourselves, again, this has to do with energy, ride the energy of that, you know, right. because emotions like grief, anger, whatever, it, 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 it actually hardens us, it closes us, and let, unless we allow ourselves to con- conduct it in a way that serves us. So there are rituals that can be done, there are movements that can be done just organically, just by putting on you know, some music that evokes that emotion in you where you Mm. can ride the wave of energy to allow it to move through your body. And then once you do, you start transforming that grief and that letting go into celebration that suddenly there's a shift that says, wow, I lived that. I've come this far. When you start letting go of things, you start to see, oh, wow, look at the shiny oyster, I mean, shiny pearl in that oyster. It's like, whoa, I didn't realize that was there until the sand washed it away and so forth. It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. And that's when you celebrate. And um, when women are on that other side, they can make one of two choices, and that is one of acceptance, which is, okay, I'm here. I am just going to go on this path of acceptance and peacefulness and serenity, and I'm going to be that that medicine woman, that oracle for others, so that yeah. they can benefit from my experiences. Mm-hmm. That's one. That's one path. The other path is like I'm going to be that, right? I'm going to be that oracle medicine woman. I'm going to be. I'm going to accept what I have lived and celebrate what I have lived, and I'm also going to claim my life from this point on hmm. you know what you were talking about earlier about sensuality about uh, about wisdom about really stepping fully in their power yeah they they reclaim their life at this point where they say wow this is this is what's possible yeah. i mean you know christian north of do you know the the, the book goddesses never age uh, you know what? I haven't read it. I've um, I've had women's bodies, women's wisdom. I've, I I keep buying the copies and giving them away. I've done that for however <laughs> long. I think since my early twenties, I've bought so many copies. So I, I do know her work, but I haven't read that. Yeah, this one's her latest book. It came out uh, a few months ago, and she mm. talks about how centenarians, people who live a hundred years and beyond, mm-hmm. at least in the United States, are the fastest growing demographic that's happening right now. I mean, there's like, I think wow. there's like, yeah, 75,000 new centenarians a year, right? Huh. Current current estimations. So that by the year 2050, there's going to be like 600,000 centenarians. So wow. if you can imagine like, you know, a woman being 50 now, they yeah. can live another 50 years and beyond. Yeah. How, yeah. How, what a celebration that is to celebrate 50 yeah. years of wisdom, and I can take all that experience and live another 50 years? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think yeah. it, turns, it, it, turns on, it, it turns on its head the idea of, oh, 
it's over. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This crazy feeling. I mean, we have this conversation with my son because he's 14. You know, he thinks everyone's old who's older than... Okay. We'll, <laughs> older, we'll talk about age because I had my birthday on the weekend. I turned 43. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, we happy belated age. birthday. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, and we were talking about age and, you know, he was talking about my mom and... Well, no, you know, Nana Barb's not. She's a young Nana. And, and, you know, and like he was kind of, you know, tenderly trying not to offend anyone. And then he said, well, I said, well, what is old to you? And he said, well, I guess really anyone over 30. Uh, <laughs> and, and, of course, oh as he, you know, as he gets older, that changes, right? And then when you hit, I mean, Good. I'm 43, and I think that everyone's young who's under 90, you know. <laughs> oh, 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 my, yeah, exactly. I am, you know, Gary and I, my husband and I, um, go dancing every every week. We do two hours on Sundays We with 150 other people uh, in this gymnasium in Sausalito. And, you know, I would say the average age is like um, like 50, I would say, or maybe yeah. late 40s. But mm-hmm. there are people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s and, and a few in their 80s that are so vibrant yeah. and, you know, alive and you know, joyful and, you know, flexible, you know, it's so great to see that, yeah, so it's like, okay, you know, I'm 30 years younger than some of these people, and look at them, look how they're going. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So let me ask you then, what are your, um, what is it that, that you feel uh, keeps you nourished and vital, and I mean, I mean, you're you're a sexy woman. I mean, we, mm, you have, oh, you. you are. I mean, you're you're delicious. You're you're deep. You're soulful. You're vibrant. You know, you have this capacity to embody, you know, most every flavor. I mean, I know, I know that's been part of your work for for many years. But I guess I'd ask you, what, what if you were to give um, the listeners a a practice to feel um, nourished or to feel that that deliciousness, that sexiness that is natural within being a woman, um, and and that connection to that that love that we are. What is it for you? Mm. Wow, great question. For me, it's it's any practice, and I'll and I'll offer a couple of examples. Mm-hmm. But it's any practice that opens my body, because again, as we age, um, the body changes, and mm-hmm. um, you know there are more losses that occur. You know, loved ones pass away. Um, you know, things happen, right? Yeah. And and so so. A practice that opens my body. When I mean when I say open my body, I mean keeping my heart open, keeping my breath open, keeping my my belly open, keeping keeping my vagina just open and 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 vibrant and juicy and alive and and all of these, especially the front surface of my body, open like my throat. You know, which yeah. is very important in our in our wisdom years to keep that channel open because that's yeah. our, that's where we speak our wisdom. But mm-hmm. if our bellies and vaginas aren't open, that wisdom comes more from can come from a more uh, heady place rather than yeah. that of a deep, holistic, connected to the earth type of wisdom, right? Mm. And so um, I do various practices. Um, I do a lot of breath work you know, which involves inhaling down the front surface of the body while I rock my my pelvis forward, like arching the small of my back while mm-hmm. I inhale. And as I do that, I open my vagina muscles, right, mm-hmm. as I inhale. And then as I exhale, I rock my pelvis forward like Elvis, right? Mm-hmm. I close my vagina muscle and I exhale the energy up the back of my spine, and then as I inhale, I bring, I repeat, I bring that breath down the front surface of my body, open back up my vagina, and then exhale up the top of my mm. spine again. And I keep that going, and so my my whole body is undulating. It's like it's like rocking. It's 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 yeah. like moving the cerebral spinal fluid. It's mm-hmm. it's keeping my juices alive. It's it's all of that, and it's really creating moment by moment life force energy 
being kept alive and moving and, and, and flowing in my body. And that opens me. That opens yeah. me. And uh, doing that like 15 minutes a day on the floor uh, to, to music that is sort of rhythmic, that it helps me keep that rocking motion, mm. it's like, whew, it's like a yeah. breath of like spring air that just washes through my entire body. And, yeah. and you can feel it. It keeps the body yeah. open. Yeah. And um, as I'm feeling it, especially if you're doing 15 minutes a day, there's, you become this overflow of of that juiciness. You become that overflow of that relaxation and that uh, fullness. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and that's where you give. You know, that's mm. where you give because um, and that's, that's, that's where your generosity comes into play. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that as a practice. I do something similar, but I'm going to. <laughs> Good. I'd love to hear I, yours. I'm gonna. I'm gonna steal that. Well, I. 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 I'm very similar. I love the. Um, interestingly enough, I. I love the the rocking of the the pelvis, and I quite often do um, a Taoist practice of breast massage, um, moving up the breast on the and then kind of describe it so you're you're on your right breast I don't know how to describe it you're going under the breast and then on the inside of the breast mm. you're in the middle and then the top you come out and then down the outside of the breast and up the middle so just continuing with breast massage and and also rocking the pelvis at the same time and there's this beautiful as you know there are meridians from the from the breast through to the through to the vagina and there's this beautiful overflow of vitality and sexual energy and um, mm. that just starts to kind of rise rise up and up and up and kind of diffuse through the whole through the whole of um, my being so wow so I'm gonna one, have to try that one <laughs> yeah yeah so we can we can yeah I'm gonna integrate yours as well I love that sure. what about for you do you feel I think for a lot of women, this piece around connection can be tricky. And again, because we're so heady and I feel that the practice you've just given, it really speaks to uh, feeling incredibly like that. It's incredibly nourishing practice and it also awakens that sexual energy and that connection. My, my question to you is how how do you find it most easy you know, in daily life, to just drop into that connection with uh, that love, you know, that love that lives and breathes us all, that love that we know we are when we really pause for a moment. I mean, it's only a breath away, right? You know, you, mm-hmm. you just stop, you breathe, and you remember, oh, okay, that this is, I am love, right? Mm-hmm. For you, for you, how is that remembering most sustainable? How do, how do you uh, keep that connection alive through the busyness of everyday life? Yeah, well, for one, whenever I can, when there is time, and it really doesn't take a lot of time, um, I, it, it is practice. It is actually mm-hmm. dedicating some time, you know, a few minutes, uh, ten minutes, whatever, mm-hmm. to to remember what, what what love feels like. So let me just describe the Ooh, actual practice. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I'll, which is an actual practice where I take time, and then there's a practice where you don't have to take time. You can just be walking in the streets while you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the practice that I do is I actually lie down, um, and my back is supported by something soft, warm, and cozy, like you know a, a sheep a sheepskin rug or. A, furry mm-hmm. blanket or something like that, but I, I feel supported and it, it, it's soft underneath me. Yeah. And then I imagine a situation where I felt so loved. Um, mm. And that can be back in my childhood, that can be in the present by my husband or, or something. Mm. And just to really feel that in my heart and open my heart yeah. with, with that, that, that imagery. And then I feel how I'm being loved. You actually can imagine how I'm I'm being loved beyond 
any doubts I have, and I'm loved when my heart is is, is so open mm. that I can feel an expansiveness in my heart that allows me to feel beyond just the love. It actually mm. allows me me to feel into the space that holds the love, yeah. not only the love that I feel, but love in, in general, right? Mm. And then it, so I feel into that space that holds both me and this love. And then as I feel into this space, it, I make a sound because we are talking about embodiment. So yeah. even though energetically I can feel this space that holds us as love, as I'm feeling my heart open into love, I make a sound to imprint this feeling of love in my body. So again, it's about energy so that mm. the energy just, comes through my body, infuses my cells, and it, 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 like I said, imprints that feeling of love in my cells. So there are various sounds that you can make. You can make, you know, a lot of people do om, because Mm -hmm. om is, you know, the original sound of the first echo when the the universe was created, right? And Mm. it's, it, it it is the, the, the represents the state of the supreme being and, so it, the OM sound has many, many points of significance. So, And when you OM, it brings a, a, a more grounded vibration in the body. So as I'm feeling that love, it's like my exhale is the OM. I can actually imagine the OM just mm. bathing my cells, right? Mm. But some women like to do AH because yeah. AH is the name within God, like Allah. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And this really generates a, a sense of peace and compassion. It's more like a sigh. You're like, ah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you know what I've been playing with uh, lately over the last year is the combining of Om and Ma. Om mm. being the masculine and Ma being the feminine. Mm-hmm. So really mm-hmm. feeling that om, and then rather than finishing with the om, then letting it be a ma mm, on the way out. Combination yeah. of both, yeah. Yes, exactly. Which is, yeah. Another, which is mm-hmm. another play. And I think, I think that's also something that's really important is for women. I mean, we're sharing, you know, some practices that, that we do and that we might share with clients, and yet, I make stuff up all the time. You know, we all can intuit what sound will open our body. I mean, if we all just as women right now felt into an area of our body that felt a little bit closed and we breathed in a way that we intuitively felt would relax it and we made a sound that we intuitively Mm -hmm. felt would open it, there'd be no wrong or right in it. It would just be... Uh, perfect for us, and I think that mm-hmm. that that's incredibly empowering. Um, oh so yes, there's a practice um, that I use and often give to women for this piece around sort of coming alive, receptivity, and coming alive. Um, and it's a walking meditation, and it's literally just it's adapted from a meditation that I was taught oh, probably 15 years ago which was much more of a masculine meditation. <laughs> you know, I lived in an ashram for a number of years and it was all masculine meditation. But um, is, is it's a sense meditation. So as you walk, you move through the senses. So you, you kind of might start with uh, feeling because that's often one of the easiest. And you feel your, your body soft and permeable and you feel the breeze in your hair and you feel... Mm-hmm the earth and you start to feel the the deliciousness of everything that's touching you your clothes on your skin and and you touching the earth as you move and the breath as it moves so really kind of drinking in through the sense of touch and feeling and then um then allowing yourself to shift into let's say um the sense of sight but instead of seeing uh instead of looking allowing yourself to receive through the eyes, so softening the gaze and allowing everything you see to kind of naturally absorb in through the eyes, through the surface mm-hmm. of the eyes. And and again, it's nourishing, it's enlivening, and you can't help but 
once you move through all the senses but feel totally nourished and totally alive and and totally connected because you've used all of these senses that you have to receive what is alive in the moment fully and be nourished by it, you know, mm-hmm. and really drink it in. So In the moment. In the moment, exactly. In the moment. And that's yeah. exactly the practice you so beautifully already described that I do, you know, when that doesn't take any time because you're doing it while you're doing going about your day. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to say for those women who are on the line, um, who have dialed in by phone, go ahead now and press star two to raise your hand and either share a comment, something that's come alive for you. We'd love to hear your comment. Or if you have a question, so press star two to raise your hand. And you can ask a question or us uh, or say a comment, something that you've really loved hearing from our conversation today. Uh, please don't be shy. This is your opportunity to um, be loved and celebrated in uh, this beautiful community of women. So I can see you there. <laughs> so my invitation is to go ahead and raise your hand, press star 2 to do that and I'll also just check to see if any questions have come through on the webcast so if you're listening in via the webcast then feel free right now to type in a question via the webcast uh, by just typing it into the box you don't have to put your name or your email address even though it's there in the box you can just type in the question so I'll just refresh that and see and check Sabrina to see if any Questions or comments have come through, and there we go. Okay, and so for those of you who are on the phone line, I'm going to open the line now to Shalita. So let's unmute your line. Hello, Shalita. Hello. Yes. Hello. Welcome. Um, You're on the line with Sabrina and myself. Thank you. Hi, Shalita. Um, hi. Actually, Shalita is my last name. My first name is Marjorie. <laughs> oh, Marjorie. Hi, Marjorie yeah. from last yeah. week. Oh, hello. Beautiful. To hello. Be yes. I'm, thank you. It's good to be here with you both. Um, yeah. I I just kind of wanted to come bring in something that I I I didn't hear being mentioned, but maybe I just missed it. Because um, we talked about, you know, how, um, you know, women, well, men too, but as we're aging, you know, up into your 80s and even 90s and people living to be 100 um, and still being very vibrant and all of that, which I think is wonderful. And I look forward to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but I, I still feel that there's a sort of a piece around, um, it's still kind of like a fear of aging. Or a fear of dying, even because eventually we all we're all headed to decline and death, mm-hmm. and so I'm and and we want to be as vibrant as we can up until that point, but then eventually that's where we're all heading. Yes. And so I think that you know it's kind of like um, that energy, that vibrant energy of life, is still with us, even the the, the energy will change, and even after we die. The energy is still there because we're just now we're on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not really dead. We've just gone on. We've gone on ahead. Right. But the, right. the essence of who we are is still there. We're still mm-hmm. here or there, wherever it, wherever wherever we end up. You know, wherever whatever happens after we leave this realm, which I don't know. But right. but um. So I guess you know, kind of wanted to bring in a little bit of that um, because if if all we're gonna do is just d- delay the fear of aging and, and, you know, we'll, instead of fearing it at age 50, we're going to fear it at age 100. We're still fearing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of wanted to see if you could speak on that uh, point just a little bit, please. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sabrina. I feel like that really speaks to that sort of yeah, opening yeah, sure. to acceptance that you were talking about as well. Yeah, and well, let me also say that um, the fear of aging a lot of times is a fear of aging because of 
the way the body will feel, um, their fears of being alone, their fears of, uh, you know, the unknown, basically. And, uh, and there's a lot of fear of what will happen to us. Um, so when we, which is all understandable, I mean, totally understandable, um, as we age, you're right, Marjorie, is that we come closer to this state of death. And I mean, we, we do that from the minute we're born, right? We get closer mm-hmm. and closer to, to, to death. We are actually on our way to death. And as we get older, if we can actually allow the dying process to be something that is a ritual, rather than something that is, a, a final act that the entire process from this point in your life or our lives onto the final act of death becomes a ritual where we actually connect more with the natural state of our being and the natural essence of our being, then dying becomes something less infused with fear and more infused with connection and realization and and, and, and divine uh, um, connection. And because when I say that, it was like for, for women, for feminine beings, uh, not just women, but for feminine beings especially, our essence is that of the Mother Earth, right? The masculine beings, their essence is more like Father Sky, right? Their energy descends, feminine essence, uh, energy um, descends. And so in the dying process, as as we age, our spirit actually tends to ascend, right? We tend to go more upward. In our wisdom state, we tend to, right? You can feel the energy start to go upward. But our actual bodies, our physical bodies, go downward. So when we can connect the two, right? Because as we die, our spirit goes, say, upwards, and our physical body goes downward. When we connect the two things, when we have a relationship with those two things, the divine spirit and the mother earth, like the mother earth, like, oh, we actually can feel in our pelvis, lower to gravity. That's what I mean by mama earth. Mama earth, like all the resources and the beauty and the abundance that she provides us and to feel that in our bodies and to feed our bodies with that, like, you know, uh, I'm a nutritionist as well, so I speak about organic foods and colorful foods that really nourish you, but also feel the connection of the molten lava energy that comes from the Mama Earth that is always ours to live, that is always ours to to use, to burn up whatever doesn't serve us and to, and, and to just decompose into something else that is where something else can arise that does serve us. And that's like the connection to, to the Mama Earth while our spirit allow, is allowed to, to just arise and connect more with white light. So the more we do that, and there are very practical exercises that, uh, that can be done for this, but, but the basic thing is to make dying a ritual, you know, and, and all the external things that we're afraid of, like being alone and, you know, health and all these other things, when we start going inward and having a relationship more with that, then the outward manifestations of our lives actually become, again, just sources where we can move our energy through, whether it be grief, sadness, or fear, or whatever. And, and, and we, we can have a more holistic relationship with death rather than just the, oh, what's going to happen when it, when, when it, when it comes. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, um, thank you. Um, and and I, I feel that not only just about death, but about the aging process as well. And we want to stay as vibrant as possible for as long as possible. But I think that um, you know, at the, as the 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 scale, in other words, as when we have lived more years than what we have left, then mm-hmm. you begin to look back, you know. And so looking back, yes, there could be a grieving process there, but then you sort of get past the grieving, and as you said, it becomes a celebration. And one of the things that I'm I'm experiencing myself is looking back and and um, celebrating past accomplishments. Yes, and absolutely. you know that's one of the one of the ways to do that. And then also, it's really interesting that we have this thing called selective memory. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. And you know, you can you can you can choose to remember or even maybe even re replay or re re mythologize as as Gene Houston likes to call it. Instead of pathologize something, you re mythologize it. So even things that were painful from the past, you can sort of retell the story in a new way of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So it as you age you can sort of celebrate the past when you were younger instead of instead of trying to still be young you can actually be old and and be okay with it you know oh yeah um, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah i love that i love re-mythologize i love that yeah i'm gonna take that one if that's all right with you marjorie yeah (laughs) i got some gene houston yeah and she actually she's using that in in reference to um, Alzheimer's, actually, she was saying that even mm. if you have Alzheimer's patients, yeah. you know, that yeah. they live in their own world, many of them. Of course, it, it all varies with, with in, you know, the individual experience, and sometimes it can be very painful for them. But but some of them are in their own world, and they're happy or, or relatively yeah. happy, oh, yeah. you know. So their, their caregivers, their loved ones are suffering. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the person themselves are oblivious many times, and so they live in their own world. And so you can kind of... As a caregiver, you can kind of try to meet them where they are in their world and try to, you know, just tap into that, whatever is going on with them. And, you know, but that's another story, I suppose. Yeah. Very, very painful. It is another story, but I will will add into that. And I know that we have to to finish up in a minute. But um, as you were both speaking, um, my dad has Alzheimer's. He's a a young Mm. man, but he's got um, early onset Alzheimer's, which progresses. Oh, my. the, the younger you are, the quicker it progresses, and um, and so I see him, and he's now in in care. There's a beautiful place here in South Australia that's like Montessori for um, dementia care. It's, it's superb. Mm-hmm. And um, as you were speaking, I was hearing um, the woman who wrote Stroke of Insight, whose name is escaping me right now, but it's definitely a good book to to look up and. When she had her stroke, all of her left brain shut down completely. There was only she was in a total vegetative state, uh, but she remembered everything. She's a she was a brain uh, scientist as well, mm-hmm. and she remembered everything. And she's now regained capacity to speak and write. And um, so there was, it was a TEDx talk that I saw first of hers, and I remember her saying in an interview um, that she now looks at all people who have what we would call a disability and she wonders I wonder what their superpower is and Mm. when you were speaking Marjorie about essentially aging being it's all energy and it's just changing form right and when you can accept how energy is changing form within you within your body within your life then I feel like that superpower is available to us and I look at my dad um, I look at um, people I have known um, who I've helped care for who have passed away and I remember a moment of um, a very close family member and I remember her looking us in the eye and she was only about 12 hours away from passing over from um, um, pancreatic cancer and I remember her looking and just mouthing, I'm okay. Now, you know, you have Sabrina talking about the spirit going up and the body going down and there was this moment, even though she couldn't say it out loud, her superpower was, even though from where you're standing, like her children are around her, you can see my body deteriorating, you can see this happening, her superpower was being able to voice, I'm actually okay. And I see my I see my dad and the superpowers that he has in his. They're all in little worlds. I liken it to they're all you know when we go they're like you know those big bubbles those clear bubbles that you 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 roll around in like they're big enough to. It's mm. like in, in yeah it's like at the care center like they're all in their own bubbles and they bump into each other. And, <laughs> you know what do you mean this is my this is my lounge room what are you doing this is my <laughs> right. changing form and their left brain and um, you know I mean obviously Alzheimer's is a deterioration of the entire body eventually but you know the initial stage is when it's um, you know thinking capacity and reality projection and all of that 
they all have these incredible superpowers if we're able to be present to it. And I think that if we can remember that within ourselves, as we transition as the energy within our body or within our mind, which we perceive as physical capacity or mental capacity or within our life, which we perceive as our life is changing in some way or the energy of our relationship because the dynamics of relationship change. It's almost like if we can be as this beautiful friend of mine was in that moment of saying, I'm okay. Like if we can be intrinsically okay in that shift in energy, whatever it is, then whatever superpowers we have can really come through and gift those around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said, Lisa. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So thank you both. I thank you, Marjorie, so much You're for welcome. coming on. Next time I see Felita Stanley, I'm going to remember it's Marjorie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marjorie. All right, Sabrina, thank you so much. And I know we've gone over time. I really appreciate your beautiful presence and everything you've shared. Um, It's such a delight to to be on this call with you, Lisa. And and I feel honored to be part of this this, uh, vehicle. You've created this amazing vehicle where you're sharing this the soul-satisfying wisdom that is just so needed, so needed. And you're such a gift. And your own uniqueness, you, you give this gift in such uh, just deep and luscious and uh, yummy ways. And uh, wow. this is beautiful. Thank you. Well, and again, I receive it fully. And, of course, you see... What is within you? And you know what? I've been refreshing the question line from the webcast and nothing's been coming up and I've been thinking, where are they all? And now all of a sudden a whole bunch of questions have come through and I'm sorry that we can't answer them all because we've gone way over time. Um, But I certainly will have a look through the questions. Thank you uh, for those of you who have posted them. I will have a look through the questions and... Um, maybe we can have a look at answering them on the uh, Soul Satisfaction for Women Facebook page. Sabrina, maybe you'd weigh in on a conversation in there um, to sure. answer, to help answer those, and that would be beautiful. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Sabrina, for being on the call. And from us, it's um, bye for now, and we really look forward to connecting with you on the next show. Bye-bye. Bye now. You are listening to a recording by Lisa Page from soulsatisfactionforwomen.com. For further information on events, workshops, coaching, and free products, please visit www.soulsatisfactionforwomen.com.